Hello and welcome to What a Picture, a movie podcast where we go through the sight and sound greatest films of all time critics poll week by week and discuss what makes a great film great. I'm Brian. I'm Hannah. And we're talking about a movie today. Imagine that. <laughs> we uh, we like to talk about movies. movies. We're talking about Piero Le Fou, oui. the film from Jean-Luc Godard. Oui. It's a 1965 film, oui. and before we get into our thoughts on this, we are going to do a brief plot summary so that you can play along with us. Oui. All right, let me hit you with that plot summary. So, Ferdinand, a recently unemployed Frenchman, is in a very unhappy marriage. After a boring party, he escapes his life with Marianne, his ex-girlfriend. It is soon revealed that Marianne is on the run from a far-right terrorist organization called the OAS. Marianne and Ferdinand escape from the OAS and spend some time on a deserted island, gradually becoming less enchanted with each other. Finally, the OAS catches up with Marianne, but she escapes and kills her captor. Marianne and Ferdinand are separated for some time until Marianne finds Ferdinand and uses him to help her get a suitcase full of money. When Ferdinand realizes that Marianne is in a relationship with another man named Fred and perhaps never really cared about, cared about Ferdinand, he shoots both Marianne and Fred and then decides to commit suicide by dynamite. He has a change of heart, but not in time to stop the dynamite from exploding. Yeah. So, not a super plot-heavy movie, but it is there. Particularly the middle part just sort of turns into sketch comedy for a little oh, bit, totally. which I which I uh, yeah. enjoyed quite a bit. <laughs> so, but you get a little bit of like plot at the beginning and the end mm -hmm. um, of of actual things that happen and structure for it. So, what did you think of this movie? I liked it. I thought it was like, um, I mean, some some sad sack comedy. Yeah. Um. They're both like, you know, in like a rom-com where you're like, they're so great. They should end up together. This is one of those, like, they're so mediocre. They should end up together. So someone great isn't stuck with them. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, mm. But it was very entertaining. I mean, they're both beautiful. The scenery was beautiful. The way it was shot was beautiful. Um, you kind of like it does the, the anti-hero thing where like you find yourself starting to root for them but then you have to remember like no he like left his wife and child for this yeah. like rendezvous i'm not sorry for him yeah they're not good people yeah they murder they're not people. heroes they're not bad people yeah yeah mostly are the ones that they murder yeah. but i mean ferdinand doesn't murder anyone ferdinand kind of except like, for marianne and fred at the end well at the end but i mean like Throughout the, the thing, I think he doesn't realize, like, how deep Marianne is with the OAS, or I guess against yeah. the OAS, and kind of what her situation is. So he's probably just, like, along for the ride with this little hottie he's with who sings some little songs and wears little cute dresses. And kind of lets that drive his reasoning for things, rather than being like, oh, like, she's on the run from a terrorist organization. Like... Mm -hmm. Because when they go and they spend their first night together, he wakes yeah. up the next morning and there's a murdered man in the apartment. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, revealed slowly. It's, yeah. like, there. He's like, oh, that sucks, but I got the good good right here, so I'm going to stick yeah. with that. 
I don't know. I think he's just, I think it's established at the beginning that he's very bored. Is and so all of the, all of the excitement there maybe compels him a little bit, but I, I don't know how oblivious, he is sort of oblivious, but perhaps uh, gets more than he lets on. He's like having a midlife crisis. Yeah. And that's really what it is. You know, he's got his beautiful wife and his beautiful child and their beautiful home i think he said at the beginning his wife comes from money so like he's in comfort Mm -hmm. um but all of that's too boring when you're a man and need to go spread your seed and all that crap so Mm -hmm. yeah um so there are sympathetic moments but holistically i I don't Mm -hmm. find these to be particularly sympathetic characters and i don't think that's the point no yeah no i don't think so either i enjoyed this movie quite a bit Um, Have you seen this one before? I have not, but I've seen several other Godard films, and I either love them or hate them, I find. Are they Um, all French New Wave? They're all French New Wave that I've seen. He does some, like, later in life that I don't know if you can call him French New Wave anymore, but he's, yeah, he's French French Old Wave at that point. Um, but he's very prolific in the 60s. He makes Breathless, which is perhaps along with uh, 400 Blows, like the signature film of the French New Wave. And that's his like first big breakout French New Wave hit. And then he pumps out a good like two or three films every year for most of the 60s. Are so, they all pretty highly rated or reviewed? Uh, some of them are more mixed. None of them that I know of are like really, really hated, though I hate some of them. <laughs> um, hate. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, he um he's very prolific. The process is very uh improvisational. They don't start with a script, really. They sort of write it as they go and do a bunch of improv. And you can see that, especially in in a film like this. Um, So, yeah, and the French New Wave films are very reactionary of they're they're really a response to the type of films that had come before um out of old hollywood out of classic french films and uh the french new wave people really respect the best um french directors like brisson man escape director jean-luc godard talks about like uh brisson is french cinema basically so they do like respect what came before but this movement is really a reaction that's trying to expand the definition of what a film can be. Um, so this sounds like an essay question, but mm-hmm. some you said that French New Wave is a reaction to old Hollywood. So what are some of the yeah. things about old Hollywood that the French New Wave is reacting to and what are their reactions? And please cite your sources <laughs> in the <MLA laughs> format. <laughs> So I think one way is that the French New Wave directors would say that old Hollywood takes itself far too seriously. And there are comedies in old Hollywood, but nothing of like the irreverent sort. Well, I don't want to speak categorically, but the irreverence in the French New Wave is a reaction to much of the 
seriousness and this is a very serious movie type of thing that was going on before. And you especially see it in a film like this because Breathless is not a comedy. It's not really trying to be funny. It has that same sort of fun energy and irreverence, but it is ultimately a a serious movie. Um, And a lot of... um, a lot of the French New Wave also is breaking the convention and rules. So you'll see things like in Breathless, famously, there are shots in the car that are shot from the same angle, but they'll like cut out 10 seconds of footage. And so instead of following the rules of like when you change a shot, you have to change or when you when you cut, you have to change the angle. It's like Mm -hmm. staying on the same angle, but cutting. Interesting. So so it does some interesting rule breaking kind of stuff. Um, I kind of think just like, you know, we just old Hollywood that we've watched on this list is Casablanca. Yeah. And so you kind of have these, like, I mean, these aren't the same movie mm-hmm. in different styles, but you have Casablanca. Like you said, it's very serious. It's very mm-hmm. long lost love. It's very wartime. It's very all of this. And then, yeah, this is kind of a buddy comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. and that kind of comparison. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. And that it, it's not that it doesn't take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not this, this, dramatic type of life and death it's and it's almost like the dramatic things about life like being hunted by a terrorist organization mm-hmm. um are a side plot and not the plot of the movie yeah it's really interesting okay. it is interesting so yeah i really liked this movie i thought it was very funny yeah i thought it was very well done i had an interesting reaction to some of the criticism i was reading on it <laughs> This was booed at uh, Venice Film Festival, Venice or Camp, wherever it was premiered. Yeah, um, and it, but it's just that despite its boos, it was well received. And it's like, well, why was it booed? <laughs> people are weird sometimes, you know. Yeah, some maybe people, it was just like some, some people hate Babylon. They're yeah. crazy. One very vocal booer, and so then everyone wrote, and now it is on Wikipedia forever. So be careful when you attend the premiere of a film that may become very famous. Because you could be noted in Wikipedia as a detractor forever. There's an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> <laughs> where um, their marching band is going to play the Bubble Bowl, mm. which is like um, it, it's kind of like the Super Bowl halftime show, but they come up in this bubble from the, underneath the ground, so they're mm. like you know encased by water still because yeah. they're underwater creatures, and they're having trouble getting their marching band mm-hmm. together. And one of them has an idea. I, I get. It's been 15 years since I've watched this. I'm sorry okay. if it's not exactly yes. correct. But one of them has the idea that's like, you know how when you're trying to sound important, you're really loud? And then, of course, Plankton goes, yes! <laughs> that's what it makes you think of. Ah, and you're trying to, you know, it's the silent majority, which I hate that term because mm. of its, the implications. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's just the one loud person booing. It could just be one guy, but it's in Wikipedia forever now. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I have a game for us. Yeah. All right. This game is called Piero Le Fun or Piero Le No Fun. We are going to talk about some of the jokes in this movie okay. and whether we thought they were fun or not. Okay. All right. The first joke I noted, he's at the party and he's talking about, you know, the Renaissance, the Enlightenment. We are now entering the age of the ass. I don't understand what that means, though. He's like looking at a picture of, of a, a girl. Jenny and the and... Block video. 
I've, I mean, huh? This is, I've not seen that video. Female beauty standards, it's fine. Don't worry right. about it. Yeah, well. Um, the age of the ass. I thought it was funny. I wrote it down because I thought it was funny. Well, I love it. It's it's very funny because you think it's mm. funny. Pierre Le Fun. Uh, the fourth wall break in the car. So funny. I yeah. love a fourth wall break. Yeah. I think fourth wall breaks are genius. I like, I was actually looking up the history of a fourth wall break because mm. I, I feel like I, like when someone says breaking the fourth wall, even though I've never seen Annie Hall, I probably will never see Annie Hall. I think Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. But then it was talking about like, it's constant. Like there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother. I can recall a mm-hmm. couple times in Friends. Like it's very, in the mm-hmm. sitcom thing. I think of breaking the fourth wall is great. I like that mm-hmm. they did it one time and that they like brought the other person yeah. into it. She's like, she's like, who are you talking to? And he's like the audience. And that's yeah. it. That's all yeah. you got. I thought it was genius. Yeah. I'm very uh, picky about my fourth wall break. <laughs> uh, sometimes I think they're funny. Sometimes most of the time I think they're and not the verdict. Funny. Okay. Yeah. Because especially because of the uh Anna Karina like glances back at the audience for a second after he says he's talking to the audience and it, it was very well done. So yeah. great Absolutely. comedic timing on that one. So yeah. Um and I agree that it was just like that one time and then <laughs> not yeah. done again. Yep. Very funny. Because then there are movies that like revolve around a fourth wall break. Like, you know, the person is talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like um Wolf of Wall Street, or yeah. um, I mean, Annie Hall is that way too. I haven't, yeah. Again, haven't seen it. Haven't not seen it. How about the American and Russian on the moon? So this is a little bit of a monologue. Ferdinand is talking about the man on the moon, and then the Russian comes and like tries to recruit him to the cause, and then the American comes and tries to recruit him to the cause, and the astronaut like runs away. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I think like, I mean, I, you know, I, the, the as Americans typically stereotypes that the French are that they're snooty and think they're above us. But sometimes it's really funny to listen to other cultures make fun of America. Yeah. Um, Just because it's like, those stereotypes aren't wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And so for them, just in the middle, like the space race is going on, but France is not at all involved. So it's like they're watching like a a tennis match, just like ping-ponging their heads back and forth. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. quite funny. Yeah, some of the funniest stuff in this movie is about America. I yeah. Think. yeah, it's kind of like how we felt about Brexit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's just kind of funny. Like mm-hmm. all the memes were really funny, yeah. and it has nothing to do with us. Yeah, it's nice to uh, to not have to worry about it for yourself because yeah, it's another nice country be the shooting the themselves in the, in the foot. Uh, the musical numbers: Pierre um, Le Fun or Pierre Le No Fun? So fun, but so confusing i was not expecting it it took it took like her to get to the chorus or whatever for me to be like is she singing yeah what's happening and it's not accompanied by much so it doesn't do that like grand swelling thing that a musical number so you think she might just be like singing to him for a line or two and not breaking into a full song yeah and i thought it was like it added to kind of her probably what he mm. sees her as is this like you know whimsical beautiful thing and and she was so whimsical this first song you know right after he sees that she's killed someone mm-hmm. um just this like yeah the whimsical the happy the fun i think again that old hollywood another one we watched was singing in the rain and how they yeah. break the song and and like you said it's not this big musical number um yeah i, I thought yeah. it was great yeah and the um the guns on the wall you pointed them out first like are those 
guns against the wall and I then there's like at least 15 guns in yeah. the room yeah. <laughs> and then you just see guns. more and then you see the dead guy on the bed like yeah. while she's singing and it's just like in the background yeah i thought that was a fun reveal um that musical numbers are in this i'm giving up pierre le fun yeah the musical numbers themselves uh pierre le mid i thought they were like like charming little french bops i couldn't mm-hmm. quite like i couldn't get on top of the like musical scheme of it or the yeah. like the 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 rhythm i don't know they might have like- hit better if we understood french yeah that's fair too because you're also like listening to it while you're translating it yeah yeah while mm-hmm. learning french for the next godard film mm-hmm. i mean i was on duolingo for like a week working on it but oh yeah we are now planning on learning italian because we would like to take a trip to italy next yeah. year so we're gonna we're gonna give that a shot and then we'll uh understand some of the films we should do a podcast on an italian film while we're in italy yeah, we'll still be working on this list by then. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Great. Maybe we can try to see if like a, a theater is playing. Oh, no, because we need subtitles. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> it won't be that good. We could go to a location from the movie. Oh, my gosh. That'd be pretty neat. You know, okay, so one of my favorite podcasts um, is called Noble Blood. Mm-hmm. She just kind of tells stories of various nobility from across the world throughout mm-hmm. history. And, um, she just went on, like, I think, like, a week ago, took people on a trip um, to basically the novel Rebecca, which was turned into the Hitchcock movie Rebecca, which is mm-hmm. my favorite Hitchcock movie. Yeah. She took people on a walking tour of, like, the sights in that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I'm glad I didn't know about it, actually, because mm-hmm. I can't go. It's too much. But or yeah. even logistically a nightmare. But I love when podcasts take people on location. And maybe so, we could do that. Yeah, maybe we'll do yeah, that day. Eventually. Yeah. For uh, I think the best one to do that for would probably be La Ventura because it's so like they're traveling around all over the place to all these neat little Italian villas. And a, tra- a tropical malady would be kind of fun too. Oh, that would be fun. Let's see where yeah. where else could we go? just like go into the fort? We'd we'd <laughs> people would like get diphtheria and die if we took them into the well, forest yeah, of Thailand. Shots, people. What apocalypse <laughs> now? <laughs> Goodness. What if we um, did it for 2001 Space Odyssey? Well, that would be 100th <laughs> movie, we're going to space. Tell your friends. Also, uh, you have to pay your own way and our way. Yeah. <laughs> this is a non-Patreon <laughs> and <laughs> podcast. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Um, back to Pierre Le Fun, Pierre Le No Fun. Um, he he says at one point, I think your legs and breasts are very moving. Listen, <laughs> it worked her. on her. She yeah. immediately was like, do me, baby. <laughs> um, you know, we we love a, a specific compliment. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was no fun. I don't know if that um, verbiage would work on me. Yeah. I would just probably say, like, elaborate on that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough all right uh throughout the movie she calls him piero even though he keeps telling her his name so is Ferdinand. so funny, <laughs> Very funny. because piero means sad clown and yeah. so like she's basically calling him the thing she's going to make him yeah you know it's like if i yeah. called you like wiener face mm-hmm. that's not quite it i just yeah. wanted to think of a funny name for you but like it's like if i called you sad <laughs> sack. call me wiener face if i just called you sad sack all day and yeah. 
then I left. I don't know. I think it's yeah. like she is cruel in that moment. His just like my name is Ferdinand. Like yeah, his, he's a that, annoyed. <laughs> but that's funny yeah. to me that he yeah. just corrects her every single time and <laughs> yeah. she just does it every single time. Yeah. But her reasoning behind it, I think, is pretty cruel. That is true. That is true. Um, this is going to be an easy Piero Leno fun. Yeah, we don't like yellow face. The yellow face. Yeah. yeah. Not funny. Mm-mm. Never funny. Wait, yeah. Not Wasn't funny at the time. So it's supposed to be like satirizing the Vietnam War, but like don't like yeah. find another way to satirize. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think Never. it's, you know, it's another situation like the American Russian on the moon where it's, you know, France wasn't involved in the Vietnam War mm-hmm. to much extent that I'm aware of. They were dealing with their own stuff. So... Mm-hmm. They're also seeing this ping pong of America. They didn't join the coalition of the willing. What? (laughs) That was an Iraq war thing. The coalition of the willing was the U.S. and Great Britain. And no one else. (laughs) So you weren't familiar with that? Oh, goodness. (laughs) The coalition of the willing. That sounds so. It's very patronizing. It also just sounds like so. Late 90s, early aughts, like, military movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just, like, you could tell they were watching a bunch yeah. of, like... Yeah. Uh, the Patriot, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, All that crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Yellow Face, not funny. Um, uh, uh, there's a throwaway line that Marianne shot Kennedy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> very funny. So, basically, the line is set up because Pierre is like, hey, that's the same kind of rifle that, that shot Kennedy. And Mary is like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> basically. Like chill. Yeah. No, I, I think it. she's joke. She's meant to be understood to be joking, but I like to think that she actually shot Kennedy. Wouldn't put it past her. You know? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, that's our game for today. Great game, I think Brian. mostly purely fun. The jokes in this movie really land. Yeah, they're yeah. they're fun. They're a lot of fun, and so that makes the middle section especially really fun when less things are happening. Though the jokes keep coming at the beginning and the end yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about these characters. We've talked a little bit about Ferdinand and his listlessness, but I did want to talk a little bit about Marianne and what we're meant to think of her. How did Marianne strike you? Um. Just like a French cool girl, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she is a person who very much understands her power mm-hmm. um, and knows how to use it to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And so for her, her power is her not only like the, the fact that she's beautiful and sexy, but that she can... This carefree way she lives can make people mm-hmm. just like flock to her. Yeah. And it's it's contagious and, and you can't she's magnetic. And I think she knows that. And so um I thought it was really well acted. I thought she was just this like very like giddy girlish nonchalance. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. anytime something like serious would happen, she was able to brush it off. I think the uh but then also she would get kind of hot-headed and pouty Mm -hmm. like the time when they ditched their first car Mm -hmm. and Ferdinand blows it up knowing that there was a lot of money inside and she's just Mm -hmm. like what 
Yeah. I think that we could have lived off that money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think mm-hmm. she's the kind of girl who could destroy anybody who falls in love with her and knows it. Yeah. And yeah. does actually destroy people who fall in love with her. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was very refreshing uh, for me, having seen some of Godard's other films, because really, Anna Karina is great. The way that Godard writes her characters, I often find to be pretty sexist, mm. um, but not so much in this movie. Tell me, um, tell me some of the things about her other characters. So, in Alphaville, she's just sort of she's often portrayed as like really naive, um, very almost like a little bit of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but, like, in a really, like, dumb way. Yeah, I was going to say, that feels a little Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but she's also, yeah, like you said, she's a little more in control, and she's less of the butt of the joke than Ferdinand is. Right. Which I think is is what ultimately uh, works for me in this. Um... Band of Outsiders, especially, I really dislike that movie, mainly because of the way her character is written and the naiveness and, like, she's falling in love with these terrible guys who are being awful to her and, like, the movie's making fun of her the whole time and mm-hmm. it's just very unpleasant um, the way that it's the way that it's written but I thought she was great in this and especially with it being the most comedic Godard I've seen she gets a real chance to flex some of her like comedic timing muscles and Mm -hmm. she's very very good in those moments so that was a breath of fresh air for me were you kind of expecting a little bit I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. So, yeah, because I'm so mixed on Godard and, like, love Breathless so much, but hate some of the others, (laughs) I sort of try to go in with an open mind and not knowing too much, but a little bit of, like, trepidation of, like, is this going to be a bad Godard or a good Godard? We'll have to see. So, we talked where did the Godard. Is she in Breathless? She is not in Breathless. Mm-hmm. There is a different actress who is the Manic Pixie Dream Girl in that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Can we talk about I I like um I'm trying to think of who else on this list, but I I feel like we've seen like directors and actors working together on multiple movies. Mm, like yeah. it's almost like this muse type thing of like I have a role. Yeah. I don't know if he wrote this for her or with, with her in mind or or how all well that yeah. process worked. But I really like that these like actors mm-hmm. and directors like team up yes. on cons- on consecutive movies. And Godard and Corinna had a relationship for oh. years. Oh. Yeah. Including during the making of this movie. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. yeah, that's uh that's a little bit of uh Mixed of what's business going on and here, pleasure but, and all that. Yeah, but she's in most of his movies from this time period. Yes. Very cool. Um so yeah, that's neat. And I feel like Bergman does the same thing of working with the same actors and actresses over and over yeah. again. The um, ones in that strawberries movie yeah. from Persona. Yeah, yeah. And um the blonde one, B.B. Anderson. B.B. Anderson. Kurosawa um, uh, does the same thing, working with the same actors. Um, 
Ozu. Yeah, so a lot of these, especially um, uh, international, like once they find their actors that they like, they sort of stick with them Makes over sense. and over again. I, mean, I yeah. think that's, you know, mm-hmm. they they know the character, mm-hmm. the person, they know how they act, they know what can ex- they can expect from them. Yeah. and I prefer a mix. I think Scorsese is sort of the ideal mix of, like, bringing back the same great actors in, like, DiCaprio and De Niro over and over mm-hmm. again, but still, like, working with a variety of people, like, He's had a Nicolas Cage movie. He's had a Tom Cruise movie, a Paul Newman movie. So he's working with all of these different actors throughout, but um, but does bring back like his key collaborators over and over sure. again. So yeah, obviously, like, it's different different roles demand different types of actors, but definitely, yeah. Um. So the movie stops having a plot for a while in the middle of it. What did you think, especially of like the desert island stuff? You mean the French Riviera? Yeah, French Riviera, but they're on like an island in the middle of. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really important. Um, because it kind of like the the honeymoon has to end, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I thought it gave a little glimpse into like oh, these people left on it together on an impulse mm-hmm. and, you know, are starting to regret their decision because of, yeah, you know, the situation that they're in and the people that they're with. And so I thought it was really important to have, like, well, I thought it was, a, okay, I thought it was a little bit of a misdirection because it seemed more that um, Marianne soured on Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. And so she was getting really restless. She was getting really upset. Um, she wanted to leave. She was bored. He was so weird with their money. All he wanted to do was read. And so she was the one who lured him away from his family. And now he's just kind of like there and fine. And she's, you know, um, so I thought you kind of got to see a different side of her character where instead of being the one to lure him away, she's the one who's annoyed with him. Um, and then, yeah, you got to see Ferdinand not be enamored with her. Um, but I thought there was one thing that was like, she was kind of sad and listless. And she said something along the lines of like, you tell me you love me with words. And I tell you, I love you with feelings. Yeah. Um, that was really good. I thought it was just like, well, I don't know. Do you think Marianne ever loved him? Unclear. Right. So she apparently has another boyfriend throughout who she's saying who pretends she's pretending is her brother yeah yeah um i think there are moments of passion and infatuation at the very least Mm -hmm. but and the song where she's singing about loving him i i think in her mind she does Mm -hmm. yeah in that moment truly think that she loves him right I agree. Um, I mean, who says she loves Fred, to be honest? Mm-hmm. Like, um, That's true. Yeah, so I think I think she does. But she's also using him. Yeah, she's using yeah. him, and she, I think you can have both. Yes. Um, I think that it, it that isn't a love that should be enough for anybody, mm-hmm. but love is such an interesting thing. Because like, you think about, like, you know, your first love when you're, like, 18, and that's so... 
small and probably unhealthy compared to like a love of, you know, what I have right now at 32. But that doesn't mean it wasn't love. It just means it was an immature love. Like I experienced, you know? And so I think like, it doesn't have to be healthy for it to be loved. Yeah. And that's, that's sad, but um, I think she does love him and is using him. And maybe he a little bit knows, not that she's going to like screw him over, but I think he a little bit knows that like, she's caught up in some stuff. She's probably not telling me the whole truth. But I do think she loves me, and I love her, and that's enough. Yeah. Um, and I sucks that that's enough. I wish that mm-hmm. we people didn't settle for that being enough. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she loves him. Yeah, I I think so too. So this movie, I find to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. And it'd been a while since we'd had a really fun movie. On the side of seven. What have you had so far? Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is fun. Daisies. Daisies is super fun. But those were all like our first 10 movies. There was one more that I was thinking of where I was like, yeah, that was sort of fun. Let's see. What have we watched so far? Uh... Sherlock Jr. is fun. Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot is fun. fun. Yeah, but it's been a good like 10 movies. We've been doing like very serious dramas. My neighbor's about to my. Yeah, Totoro is fun. Totoro is, it's not like, but like, like. It's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. We've got some not fun ones coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's, it's, I mean, that was kind of one of our big, my bigger, um, I mean, I didn't know a lot of the movies or what they were, what they were about when we first looked at the list prior to starting this podcast. And but from what I did know, I was like, this is a lot of really serious movies. Like this is just a lot of intense stuff. Yeah. And not even like it need I wanted more fun, but I wanted just like less intensity. Yeah. 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 And um, so this movie obviously it's like there's blood and stuff and guns and yeah water torture and all that but um, a dark ending too and a dark ending but it is pretty fun yeah yeah and i i think that's good i was pretty as i was scrolling through this morning some of the like critical analysis and reaction to this movie Mm -hmm. i was like these people are taking this movie too seriously (laughs) like this is this is the comedy it's just meant to be like a romp uh i think and so you can do some of the like deep analysis sort of stuff but i think that's a little extra textual of it's not meant to be that deep and it's okay if it's not yeah i think that's the biggest thing is it's like you know you have to be able to make like a thesis on the movie for it to be good and that's just not Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think like how you experience and react to a movie can be enough. Um, not that it's not fun to go into deep analysis. Obviously, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's great. But to to surmise meaning from like why they wore this one dress that one time, mm-hmm. which now I'm realizing I did in our analysis of daisies, but that was more just me mm-hmm. commenting on visuals. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Let's just have some fun, people. Let's have some fun. Make movie going fun yeah. again. 
Another thing that I, I liked on the fun line was the connections between this movie and pop art. Yeah. So you think of like Andy Warhol and like that movement, like the colors in this movie is very much from that palette of like what you'd see in advertising of the day and like taking from popular culture. The one thing I noticed the most is in both um of the men that Marianne killed with knives or scissors, their blood was like cherry tomato red. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally looked like someone like squeezed out a some like red finger paint on them um in such a satisfying way like it did not look like dark blood it looked very like and so to the point where I'm like what is that on them like it was comical um and I really appreciated that it was the colors of the movie were bright were fun um I think also this is a little bit off topic but um something I thought that was really really funny <laughs> in um in the very beginning of the movie when Ferdinand and his wife are at that party, mm -hmm. everybody's talking in like advertising speak. Yeah. Like, use this deodorant for this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And so just like the comments on like, I don't know, the consumerism, I thought was really, really funny. Because at first yeah. like, they're literally quoting magazine ads for like a car. Yeah. And that's how they're like comparing which car, like the dad, the men are comparing the cars. Yeah. And well, I like the PSA because of this, and I like the whatever because of this. Mm -hmm. And then the women are like, well, I like, you know, and oh, that was really funny. And yeah, that, and they they're were... using all of these different color filters mm -hmm. in that scene, and he's like walking past all of the couples having very boring conversations. But then all of a sudden there's nudity too. Yeah, all of a sudden one of the women is naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought I that was just good. Good yeah. stuff. Good, good. Yeah. So, I have a note on currencies in movies so like nice. this. So, at one point they throw out 10,000 francs. And not only does the franc no longer exist, <laughs> but we're also talking about 1960s francs. Yeah. Which, like, if you take inflation into account and, like, how much is a franc worth then versus when the franc, you know, was taken out of existence and like i need i want my subtitles to give me like an equivalent in today's u.s dollars anytime a figure of money is thrown out in a movie because like i just sort of like thousand twelve hundred seventy eighty seven dollars and seventy seven cents mm, okay helpful well that's what it is now hold on what was it back in yeah so basically it's a two-step thing because you got to go from Francs then to what francs would be now, and then francs now to yeah. dollars. So I do that constantly. Yeah. Or like, I remember when I was watching Mad Men. Yeah. They would be talking about things in dollars. Mm. And so you would- That's what the money is for. Yeah. So you'd be typing in, like, I remember there's a character where Connor from Angel and and Rory Gilmore mm -hmm. are- <laughs> uh, there yeah. that the mm -hmm. that the actors yeah. anyway yeah. are like looking to buy an apartment for thirty thousand dollars and like thirty thousand dollars in nineteen sixty four yeah and you start typing in thirty thousand dollars in and it auto populates to nineteen sixty four because everyone who's been watching Mad Men is like how oh, much is that now? all right I love doing that anyway yeah good to know okay I will make more liberal use of Google 
instead of just taking it for granted are like oh 10,000 francs okay that seems like a unit of of money that i should know what yeah yeah everyone should just use american dollars yeah that's how they should just be. convert yeah convert in the subtitles to american dollars. i know i just meant like all of all currency should be oh american yeah dollars. abolish all currency and let's use dollars yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. a bad idea yeah terrible idea yeah the dark ending here what did you think of everyone dying ferdinand accidentally blowing himself up painting his face blue he blew himself, he blew himself. <laughs> the first blueing himself of, yeah um i mean i'm just fine with it yeah like, these guys these people are insufferable like yeah i mean i thought him killing sorry him ferdinand killing <laughs> marion and fred um yeah like once you do that there's no going back so yeah. for me, it's like, he's going to do that. I think he also knew there's no going back. Mm-hmm. I think he knew there was no going back to his wife and child. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he knew that, like, they would be fine without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he ruined his life for this girl who just betrayed him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that but he and that he always wimps out. He's like, oh no, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to like that. Boom. Um yeah. it's a little even funnier. Yeah. Like you're just it's, like you clearly don't know how to It's very darkly funny. It's yeah. very nihilistic. I think it is a a good like a a good capper. It's darker than the rest of the movie, but it's still it in somehow it's funny in the same tone as the rest of the movie even though it's much darker yeah um and so i don't think it like it's not exactly taking a left turn from the rest of the tone of the movie it's just like nothing is serious you can live or die it doesn't matter um and it's just like a culmination of like the horrible decisions up until this point like i think he just saw like his life spiraling into what it now is could only end this way. Mm-hmm. So I agree. It is kind of like a big leap forward in the darkness, but it doesn't feel um, out of place necessarily. It more just feels like what it would snowball to eventually anyway. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on this movie? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I, yeah, I really loved it. I think it was really great. I mm-hmm. I find that this French and Czechoslovakian new wave, um, mm-hmm. I really, really gravitate towards. I think, like, the nihilism, I think the... Mm-hmm. It's funny, it's like, it's the nihilism in, the gen- in its normal sense, and, like, just not caring about life, but it's also, like, the whimsy, like, how the nihilism... Yeah. Um, creates this like, well, nothing matters, so I might as well be silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really fun to watch. I it think. Is. I think yeah. I, again, I really love daisies, and I like this too. Mm-hmm. Um, this at first I was a little nervous because I, he, I did, I had no idea what to expect. I've never seen Godard. Mm-hmm. I knew it was New Wave, but I still don't. Yeah. I feel like that's a very broad gen- definition sometimes, yeah. and so I'm like, okay, what kind of new? Because 
I mean, you know, like 400 blows was technically new wave as it's very, very earliest, yeah. but it's very yeah. different. Yeah. So, um, he started the movie where he's like reading a very like intense piece of literature in the bathtub. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, and it, yeah. took a, it took some really fun turns. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm very excited for Breathless based on how much you've yeah. about it. Uh, friend of the podcast, Ben Vargas, wants to come on and talk about that one with us. Ben Vargas. Yeah, that'll be fun uh, when we get to that one. So okay. it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, Breathless is, is really excellent. I like Breathless more than this movie, but I also very much like this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, my final thought is... I was trying to think of the American analog to Godard and you get new Hollywood a little later than you get the French new wave. Um, and it's sometimes called the American new wave, but it, it's very, it's a very different what type was that of horrible movement. honeymoon movie you made me watch. Honeymoon. The heartbreak kid. Heartbreak kid. Oh, don't call it a horrible movie. Call him a horrible person. That's exactly what yeah. it is. He's yeah. the literal worst. He's yeah. the literal worst. Charles Grodin. Oh, he's so, so good in it. Just portraying the most despicable man. Those um, things. Everything I think about. Yeah, it was, just made you angry. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, that is, that's, that's probably Elaine May is a little, and the satirical stuff. Um, from the 70s like mm -hmm. Network or a little earlier you get Strange Love like there's a little bit of that in this but I thought the best parallel for what Godard's trying to do is Tarantino because he has the same sort of irreverence rule breaking sense of fun he doesn't get as comedic as this but while I was watching this movie is like the way in which Godard is referencing film history while breaking with its tradition is very similar to the way Tarantino does it. And so, yeah, that was my uh, my parallel uh, for the day. And like Godard, with Tarantino's movies, I either really love them or really hate them. So. What's the Tarantino movie you hated? Ooh, um, didn't care for The Hateful Eight very much. You saw that? I did see that. I never. We. I remember asking if you wanted to see it, and you're like, "No, I had no," because it sounds like it looks like it's going to be bad. But then you watched it without me anyway. Mm, that was this years is, ago. Years ago, honey. This is probably before our come to Jesus when they had to tell you to stop watching. Very, very long before. It's been a good five years since I've seen that movie. Okay. Um. Brian now has to show me his letterbox list and say, "What do you want me to watch with you?" Because of how mad I get when he watches movies that I want to watch without me. This is true. That's how we keep the romance on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So, what? Where was I going with that? I forgot. Uh, you were telling us about your 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 two thousand one space odyssey fast fact. <laughs> I just jumped to the next item on the list because I don't That's know where good. you were going. Yeah, I don't remember either. That's fine. What was your hey? tell me something really interesting about 2001 a space odyssey sure i'll tell you about the other titles that were considered for this movie they almost called it universe journey beyond the stars it was, was another one yeah it is lame this is very like pulpy science fiction b novel yeah uh how the universe was one 
which would be a, a play on how the West was won. Yeah. Uh, Tunnel to the Stars, another like trashy sci-fi novel. Yeah. Earth Escape. Yeah, these are all like trashy sci-fi novels. The Stargate, Jupiter Window, and Farewell to Earth. Yeah, I think the only ones that could have worked. Farewell to Earth isn't too bad. Jupiter Window and Universe are fine. Oh, you like this? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, I can just see the, like, sorry, I can see the cover of uh, Journey Beyond the Stars. Mm-hmm. And it's like a Fabio looking guy and then a big boobied lady on like a rocket ship with yeah, like glowing nipples everywhere. Yeah the, the, yeah. the most cleavage you ever did see. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a trashy romance novel cover. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, couple of notes before we wrap up here. Uh, I can be found primarily on Blue Sky now instead of That's on Twitter. Uh, we're having fun over there. Having a good time. Um, I uh, He's also on Twitter. At- I'm also on Twitter. I mainly just post about the podcast now. That's fair. Brian uh, underscore what a pick. Yes, or just Brian what a pick at Blue Sky. Oh. Put those in the show notes. Um, subscribe to this podcast. Leave yeah. us a five star rating. We love them. We do. Yeah, they help us get found. So yeah, good stuff. Our next movie is going to be Close Up by Abbas Kiarostami. Never heard of this. Iranian director. I was going to say, I've yeah. seen some of his films, but not this one. What year is it? It is a 1990 movie. Okay. Yes. And apparently it blends documentary and fiction in an interesting way. So I'm, I'm interested to check it out. I don't know much about it other than this and that it's on the list and people really like it. So where can we find it? Criterion Channel is where it's available. Criterion Channel. Yes. Cool. We we love a Criterion movie. Love yeah. a Criterion movie. Especially once we can stream. Yeah. Brent had to get this one on DVD. Yes, we did rent uh, Piero Le Fou from our local library, which we recommend doing. Also check out uh, Canopy with a K and Hoopla is another one that I just found where you can get a certain number of credits every month with a library card and they have a pretty good selection of movies. So. Very cool, very cool, very yeah. cool. Uh, Canopy seems to be older movies and Kukla seems to be the newer one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Alright, well we love you guys. We'll see you next week. This has been What a Picture. Au revoir. Au revoir. Love you.